Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Samuel, Shmuel Aleph, chapter 30, Parak Lamed. And we are set up in this suspenseful situation where we know that um, in one part of Israel, Saul is, has his forces gathered as the Philistines gather all of their forces and and, and are getting ready to, for a major battle. Um, there's a tremendous sense of foreboding. We have the leader, Saul, trying to get guidance from God, but receiving nothing, feeling, feeling abandoned, uh, even trying to um, get guidance from the dark side, uh, which um, unfortunately didn't help him either. Uh, so he is despondent. He has the odds stacked against him. And instead of standing up bravely and leading the people, he is desperate. On the other hand, we have David, who was in a very tough situation where he almost had to uh, choose between his master, Achish, who has been giving him refuge and his own people of Israel, but he got saved at the last minute. So he's leaving the battlefield and heading back home. Home is the city of Tziklag. Remember, Tziklag is this town in the Philistine area that Achish gave to David and his followers to settle and live in. So this is where they were living with their families. And uh, David is backing away from the battle. Now, while this happens, we are going to study in chapter 30 of an incident which gives us an insight into the, the difference between David and his leadership and Saul and his leadership and the difference between how they, they in, relate with their followers and how they handle stressful situations. Um, and so we're going to go on a, a little bit of a side journey, but it's a very important side journey, and you'll see why as we learn this. And we're also going to learn a little bit about the nature of Amalek, if you remember, which is important because Amalek was the nation that was, ended up being the ultimate downfall of Saul. If you remember, Saul was in, enjoined, he was commanded to destroy the tribe of Amalek, and he, um, he only fulfilled his, his mission halfway um, by taking the uh, bounty, you know, he killed the people, but he took the, their goods, their, their animals, and so on uh, when, while he was supposed to destroy them. And it's important to, to go back and, and, and listen to the podcast or study those chapters back there and remember what I said then about Amalek and about why Amalek is so bad. Now, one would wonder if Saul killed out all the Amalekites, how the Amalekites show up again right here, right now, which is... Um, just a couple of years after the, the other event, and um, which clearly demonstrates uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt that the term Amalekites doesn't really refer to a specific nation. And remember, go back to our discussion in previous podcasts about this. It doesn't refer to a specific nation or a specific uh, genetic group, a racial group of people, but rather it refers to these uh, tribes of bandits that loosely may have descended from, uh, the, uh, from uh, uh, 
a founder. They may have some racial or genetic uh, similarities, but for the most part, we're talking about a group of bandits that ran around, that that lived in uh, and um, that wandered through the desert, uh, presumably uh, to a large part these areas of what we would call the Negev Desert today in southern Israel and, and the area of the Sinai today, and would hide out in various places and raid um, raid towns when they were vulnerable and, and, and take people to sell away as slavery, steal the women, and also uh, steal their goods. Uh, and these people made it impossible for there to... Um, or, for their for for a civilized nation to be to set up b- basic roots of commerce and and basic um, civilizations and towns and cities, the Amalekites, the reason why they needed to be destroyed was because they were an enemy of civilization. They were an enemy of the rule of law, an enemy of basic commerce and economy and things that are necessary to set up the kind of society that God wants. People that didn't answer to any any law didn't answer to any. Um, any semblance of order. Um, now, so at this time, the the Philistines themselves and all of their armies were away at battle. David had had left with his men to battle and uh, leaving the women, children, and things behind. Um, the the Amalekites would have known, you know, what's going on. Of course, they they keep their ears to the ground. They know what's happening, and they know that the towns are now vulnerable to attack. And this is what the kind of people they were. They were not the kind of people that were, uh, that were man enough, so to speak, to, to, um, to show up to a, a real battle and, 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 and to um, fight the way uh, an appropriate fight. They just prey upon the weak, and they, uh, this was a perfect opportunity. So, And it was when David and his men came back to Tziklag on the third day, so it was a three-day trip from where they were at, at the battlefield on their way to Jezreel back to Tziklag. And it turns out that the Amalekites, during those times when they had been gone, they had um, they had raided into the Negev region and into Tziklag, and they struck the city of Tziklag by Yisrafu Otabo Eish. And they burnt down the city of Tziklag. And they captured all of the women in the town, from the older ones to the young ones. They did not kill anyone, right? And they led them away. And then they went on their way. So the Amalekites basically took all the women, and presumably the, it says, and the children as well, and they... um disappeared into the desert wilderness. So this is obviously a devastating uh, thing to come back to. These men just went out to war, and they come back, and their families are gone, their goods are gone. Um, and However, they didn't kill anyone, which means that there's a chance that maybe they could be saved if they could be found. But how does one go about finding... Remember, David himself had spent years hiding in the desert from Saul, and Saul, no matter how hard he tried, couldn't find him. That should give you a general idea about how easy it is to hide in the wilderness. And to this day, uh, for those that followed the news would remember that you know ISIS and, and um, various groups of, of terrorists 
often use the Sinai Desert as a place to hide because it's vast, it's unpopulated, uh, it's it's a diff- very difficult terrain, uh, um, and it's an easy place to find to hide where no one can find you, even in the in our century today. So back then, how much easier it would have been without drones and satellite technology to look after them. So by um, so David and his men came to the city and they see it is burnt down and their wives and their sons and their daughters are captured. And David and the nation, that the people that were with him, they started to cry and raise their voices until they had no more strength to cry. This, the, the verse is describing to us how incredibly distraught they were, understandably such a tragic, awful situation from which one would think there's no way to um, get out of this. And the two wives of David as well had been captured. Uh, those were the two wives that we're aware of so far. Achinoam HaYisraelit, as Achinoam of Jezreel. The Avigail and Avigail Eshet Navala Carmeli, who was the wife, who was prior the wife of Naval from Carmel. We we were familiar with her. She was the wife of Naval, who initially who had refused to help David and his men, um, and and as we recall, he died, and David married Avigail. Uh, I remember, of course, David's third wife Michal had gone back to her father Saul and. And she was married off to someone else, which we had uh, read before. So, um, uh, so the two wives that were with him, they were captured. And this became a very difficult situation. Da- David was in very uh, uh, difficult situation, very uh, deep, uh, dangerous uh, situation. The people wanted to stone him. The people got mad at their leader because what did you do? You let us out, and let, now this is what happened. You know, why did we, you, you let us do a battle that we didn't even fight, we weren't even needed, we weren't even wanted, only to come home and find our entire lives destroyed. Kimara Nefesh Kala'am, the people were bitter. All of the people were bitter. Ish Albanava, Albanosav, each one was upset about his children and his sons and his daughters. David And where did David go? David got strength. From God, so let's think about this for just a minute. This is uh, uh, verse six now. David gets strength from God. So what does that mean? This teaches us so much about what faith in God does. At this point, David does not become distraught. David does not um, give up. Uh, David is in an extremely difficult situation. Uh, he's in a situation where Saul doesn't like him. Uh, and it will come after him. He's, he needs Achish, you know, but now his protection from Achish is somewhat uh, not so, uh, not so um, uh, stable, not so solid anymore, because, of course, it, it could very, you know, Achish had to dismiss him from battle. The other Philistine leaders are, are suspicious of him, and now he comes back, and his own people are, have turned on him, and his own family is gone. All of their families are gone. Um, and David now has to find strength in God and find strength to look inside his own heart and find strength in God to help to somehow lead the people out of this situation. So everything that David had built is right now about to fall apart. So what does David do? Let's see, how does he handle the situation? 
So the first thing David does is Vayomer David elav Yasar HaKohen ben Achimelech. David brings the religious leadership, right? Av Yasar HaKohen, Av Yatar is the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, right? He, he's the, the son of Achimelech. Remember, he is the, the last remnant of the town of Nov. Saul had killed the entire town of Nov, including Av Yasar's father, Achimelech, who is the leader of the priests in Nov. And Av Yasar is a member of David's camp. Hagisha Naliha Ephod. Bring the Ephod. The Ephod is the symbol of of religious leadership, the ephod is the um, so, uh, sometimes translated as an apron of sorts, but it is um, one of the garments. And we've seen many times the ephod is the symbol of, of religious leadership, the symbol of relationship to God. And Eviasar brought the ephod to David. So David is telling the people, we are going to look to God for guidance in this situation and decide what to do. David And David said to God as follows, Shall I chase after this, um, this people? Will I find them? Right? And God answered him, right? Presumably answered him through Eviatar the Kohen, saying, Go ahead and run. You will reach them. And you will save them from the Amalekites. Now there's... I, I want to point out here that there's many ways of understanding how this works when, when a king, like in this case David, uh, you know, an almost king, the real king, even if he's not recognized as such, when he approaches God by asking through the Kohen Gadol. Um, and one is to understand, of course, that it is God himself answering um, by, by placing a prophecy into to Evyasar. The there, there is a, a um, if, if, you, uh, if you remember in our discussion of chapter 28 when we discussed the different approaches to studying Tanakh and the, the rationalistic versus the mystical approach and the rationalistic approach is such that here we have David and Eviasar asking God of course they're asking God and they're telling the people we have two choices here, right? One choice is we can give up and cry and cry and cry and, and threaten to, to stone each other and so on and kill me. And, but what would that help us? Rather, will we be successful? I can't guarantee that we will be successful, but I can guarantee that if we stay here and continue on this path, then we will definitely lose everything. So shall we go after them? Shall we chase them? And the answer that the Kohen Gadol gives, the answer that God wants him to give, is, of course, we should go. Because if we go, we will find. We will keep trying. We will work hard. We will do everything we can to save our families and to save what we have. This is David telling people what it means, teaching the people what it means to have faith in God. Not to give up despite the worst of circumstances. The worst imaginable circumstances. Um, everything they had is lost and their situation, their political situation is extremely tenuous. So they themselves, after this battle, will have nowhere to go, not back to the Israelites and not back to the Philistines. Like everything is lost here. But David is teaching them that when one has faith in God, one remembers that one cannot give up. We have a job to do. We will do everything we can to do it and be successful. So therefore, what do they do? And David had to give them faith Give them faith and, and show them 
through Aviatar the Kohen Gadol and show them that no, we can do this, we can be successful, we can win. So Vayelach David Hu Vishesh Meot Ish Asher Verse 9, David and the 600 men that were with him went, And they traveled to Nachal Besor. Nachal is, you know, a wadi, a riverbed in, in the desert. And some of the leftovers, some other people stopped there. So um, it, we'll, we'll see soon that this was, uh, in the next verse, 200 men stayed there. Uh, they stayed to watch the, uh, and we're going to see why this is important later, they stayed to, to watch the, uh, their equipment and to watch the things. They had to stay back, uh, whereas another 400 were going. If you imagine we're traveling through very difficult terrain, very difficult territory, they have. They can't bring all of their belongings with them. They have to be light-footed. They have to, you know, just bring simple weapons and just enough provisions to, to make it. But uh, so because they have to leave supplies behind, they needed to leave two hundred people behind. David and David continued to chase with four hundred men. and two hundred men stopped. Asher pigru because they were too tired uh, to cross uh, Nachal That's why they were chosen, because they, 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 they stayed back. They said, you know what, we, you know, this is too difficult, this is too hard, uh, we'll stay here, and you guys, um, you guys run ahead and do what you can, and we'll stay here and watch these things. So, and they found, wandering in the desert, a... A, uh, an Egyptian man, right? Um, so remember, we're talking about in the area which is between the, the land of Israel and the land uh, where the Philistines lived and Egypt and this, this huge no-man's zone, which today we would call the Sinai Peninsula, right? Um, and uh, so it's a gigantic area of desert which is not much population, which is still that way today. And... Um, and uh, they found an Egyptian man wandering by David, and they brought him to David. and they gave him some bread to eat. and they gave him water to drink. Um, so it is fascinating here that through the finding of a wandering person and treating him like a human being and giving him food and water, through that kindness, they end up getting a salvation, which is a very good point here uh, to to keep in mind. And we'll see how this is going to help them in a moment. I'm just going to read one more verse, and then we'll stop, uh, and then we'll finish the chapter in the next podcast. They gave him a um, uh, some uh, uh, a fig cake, and 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 two cakes of dried uh, grapes, raisins, and he ate them. love, and his spirit came back to him. He got strength again. It had been three days and three nights before he had eaten anything or drank anything. So um, so they restored his health uh, because had they had found him, he was probably on the verge of death. And they saved his life, brought him back to life, gave him food, gave him drink. And now he's coming back to himself and they are going to talk to him and find out some very important intel. Thank you for studying 30a looking forward to studying 30b and seeing how uh, david will um, lead the people to a salvation 
and how this kindness they did with this Egyptian man will end up uh, being uh, the source of information that they need to save the, their families.